Hello and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-hosts. She's an adaptable enigma, Whitney Nelson. Mm, yes, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've known her for 25 years and you think you'll never really know her, just call it quits. Lindsay Nelson returns. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am excited to get into this because none of us have seen this movie. So let's just get no. this. Uh, let's just get this housekeeping out of the way up top. So uh, as always, uh, you find the website at coolbreezepod.com. Email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. If you like what we do, please share the show with your friends, as so many of you have graciously done. And a review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice would be above and beyond. Uh, the best way to stay sane through this quarantine is your favorite podcast. And bonus mm-hmm. points if that podcast <laughs> is related to the celestial beam of light we know as Keanu Reeves. <laughs> we could all use a little bit more celestial light in our daily lives. Right? Come on. Especially right Super now. Easy. For sure. Mm-hmm. Wash your hands. Listen to Cool Breeze. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's it. That's all the housekeeping. Lindsay. Yes. Delighted to have you back. Will you please tell everyone what we're talking about today? Absolutely. So today we are talking about the film The Private Lives of Pippa Lee, which, as Andrew said, none of us had ever seen before, and I can't believe I'd never even heard of before, but the plot synopsis from IMDb is as follows. After her much older husband forces a move to a suburban retirement community, Pippa Lee engages in a period of reflection and finds herself heading towards a quiet, nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. It was written and directed by Rebecca Miller, whose other films include Angela... Personal Velocity, The Ballad of Jack and Rose, and Maggie's Plan. Co-starring alongside Keanu is just a really amazing cast (laughs) in both big and small roles, which is why I was shocked I'd never heard about it, because it has a bunch of people that I love. Yeah. Like Robin Wright, Mike Bender, Alan Arkin, Winona Ryder, Maria Bello, Ryan McDonald, Zoe Kazan. Uh, It's just a crazy cast in this movie. Um, Whitney, how are the critics and audiences digging this movie. Uh, well, on Rotten Tomatoes, we have a critical score of 69%. Nice. <laughs> uh, and we have a, an audience score of 50%. So audiences liked it less than the critics did uh, overall. So we've got a quote from Ian Buckwalter of NPR, who says, as a woman under the influence of everyone but herself, Pippa often feels lost when she's on her own, a blank slate with no one holding a chalk. Robin Wright allows us to get to know a character who still doesn't really know herself. And then we've got a user quote from Kristen R. on Rotten Tomatoes, who gave it three out of five stars, and says, A very raw and very real film about how difficult life is and how we end up with the choices we make. A great cast with some fantastic performances. All in all, a good film, but not one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can kind of see both of those statements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you fall, fall, uh, fall in between here. We also had Zoe uh, write in, uh, you know, one of our favorite uh, listeners. She wrote in with a review here, which, uh, again, as always, you could do coolbreezepod at gmail.com, whatever. She wrote, hi, guys. I'm in seclusion at the moment, so have had a lot of time with my thoughts. A nice idea (laughs) of the three stages of life of Pippa. The way it was filmed with three actresses was fun once you got with the program. 
Uh, a character piece, but most of the characters are self-centered. I found this quite frustrating, but I understand that's life. I liked Keanu's performance, very naturalistic and under the radar. It was refreshing. It was though he was aware of it being Robin Wright's movie and tried not to outshine her. So that was as, as a good supporting cast member. Not in love with some of the other actors. They all seemed to struggle with the nuances of the material. And I thought overplayed it. Did not love Winona in this role. Too selfish for my tastes. It was a little out of character for her. But funny. But yeah. Uh, maybe the point of it was to highlight what Pippa's life was like and why she fell into the background of her own life. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Zoe. Yeah, I don't really think you were supposed to like Winona's character. <laughs> no, <then>. not at <laughs> all. <laughs> no. Does anyone want to take the the baton and, and run right out of the gate here with it? I I found this movie interesting because I do like so many of the actors in it. And I did think that there were some really good performances. But I found it a very frustrating watching mm-hmm. experience. And mostly it just made me want to burn the gender binary mm-hmm. to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So it was it was interesting because there were parts of it that I felt were really good, but I didn't necessarily enjoy it. So, yeah, um, I, I yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll let you finish your thoughts first, unless that was your thoughts. Uh, I mean, that was most of my thoughts. I thought like the pacing was pretty good. It moved well. In fact, a lot of stuff happened in a fairly short amount of time. It was definitely a you know, crisis point in her life. The plot was, it's its a slice of life drama. So those are never going to be, you know, it's more about personal experience than about like big necessarily story arc kind of things. But I thought that it was, you know, it moved pretty well and you definitely I had a clear idea, I think, of what was going on. Uh, character development obviously was the main focus of this movie. And I do think you got very distinct, even for really small parts like Julian Moore's character and stuff. I think you got a real yeah. sense of who they were. So, you know, I think that was um, originality of the story. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we've had a lot more movies about like women leading quiet lives of desperation, I'm trying to sort of put into my like a mental timeline of when in those all of those movies of women leading quiet lives of mental desperation, <laughs> this came in to know if it was really original at the time, or if it's, you know, falling somewhere in the middle. Because uh, you definitely got uh, flashes of, like, the Glenn Close movie from last year's Oscars, The Wife, and stuff like uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, the cinematography and editing and stuff was all very competently done. Nothing that really wowed me, but all was, like, you know, nothing that uh, stood out as being bad or jarring either. Keanu, I thought, was totally fine in this role. Like, he... You know, was it? It did make me think because we talked about in the last one how many times has he played Jesus? How many times has he played the younger man? It's like a major staple of his career. Everything from dangerous liaisons. He's the younger man and also Jesus. Right. He was he's the both. younger man with Jesus fully on his torso. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. And he's definitely the manic pixie dream boy of this movie. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Whitney, have you had a chance to compose compose yourself? So, it's an incredible cast, and I feel like all of the acting was top-notch acting from everyone across the board. But I think that everything... I, the flashing back and forward, just the pacing of it, I feel like it was trying to be manic to put you in this, you know, mood of this woman who's breaking down and 
you know, her mom's on speed and, and so like they do, they make it manic on purpose, but I don't feel like it flows well. The transitions are, are awkward. There's so much past and then present and that's fine because I've seen a lot of movies that do that well, but the, the scenes are often like complete polar opposites of mood. And I think that works against rather than reinforces the idea of like this being kind of manic. It just, I wasn't able to ever fully like get into it because immediately you're thrown into another scene that is contradictory in mood to the scene you just saw. Mm. Um, I think the whole thing worked very well as vignettes because it's a, a, a well-made movie. Like it looks nice. I am predisposed to like sort of wry period pieces dealing with mental health, like the virgin suicides and girl interrupted and all of that's totally my bag. So I loved the flashback stuff. Yeah. But I think that, that as a whole story, it worked against itself in the end. Um, I liked Keanu. I thought he was convincing. I mean, he's very low key. I definitely think he's uh, a side character and, and working to not outshine anyone. Um, mm -hmm. But like all of the, the women, all, all of the female characters in this movie are just like right on the edge of insanity. And they've all been nudged there by the men in their lives mm -hmm. who are either willfully ignorant or cruel or both. And there's not, it's just, there's not a single solitary stable female character in this movie. And really, I mean, there's not a single stable male character either, but it's more pronounced with the women. And so that, I feel like that made me a little bit, like Lindsay talked about burning down the gender binary. I feel like there was a lot of, considering that this is a, a female filmmaker, I am surprised at how within the sort of stereotypes of women breaking down and spiraling, uh, it, it did not bring a lot of realism or nuance, I think. The only thing that brought realism and nuance was the fact that all of the actors are incredible. I just feel like it wasn't particularly revelatory either. Essentially, the filmmaker is like asking, why would a good girl go bad? And why would a bad girl go good? And the answer to both is the same because her mom's a nutcase. <laughs> But I feel like the ending totally undoes the whole thing of her trying to find herself because it ends with this woman not solving any of her problems and not figuring out what she wants or what's like drives her, but instead going off with another guy, which is how she got into the marriage she didn't really ever necessarily want to be in. Um, and so I feel like it was just kind of another... Nothing, nothing was resolved either for her mentally or for me as a watcher. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see what you're saying. I think definitely just like leaving with another guy is not necessarily the answer you want to see. I do like that she just was like, did take a stand in, she'd been doing what people expected of her for a long time and just been like, I am not going to take care of his funeral. I'm not going to yes. take care of the house he made. I am just Spoiler going to. Spoiler alert. That's yeah, fine. try and figure out what I want to actually do instead of just doing what is expected of me. So that was part. But yes, she does in the end. What she wants to do is go away with another guy. So that is, you know. Right. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. 
I think that the the dialogue was a little over the top, but again, the incredible, incredible cast sold everything. It looked great. Yes. Like I loved the, yeah. the the sort of color palette of the movie, both in the the modern like cool blues and then the flashbacks of the more like orangey browns. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I thought that mm -hmm. they um I liked the three actresses as well. They, none of them particularly looked like one another, but I feel like they all did a very good job of being the same person at different stages in her life. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's it's compelling. And I think, like, I enjoyed it overall, but I really think that that's just because of the talent of the actors. I think the script's not great. I think the directing isn't great. I think that the, the editing wasn't great. Uh, so I'm definitely in the the pro side of like middling, but I'm definitely <laughs> middling. Mm -hmm. The only like one it. visual moment that I thought was really weird and disjointed was that whole really quick animated sequence. Of what the fuck? Uh, yeah, what was that? What, what was the hell that? Was that? <laughs> Otherwise, the visual language was very consistent, and then this was like totally out of the blue. Yeah, that felt a little. Yeah, that felt very bizarre. I was like, huh, that's a choice. Time was spent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know if the effect was... Money was spent? Yeah, there was like a, a whole voiceover, like an announcer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that part. Mm -mm. This movie, I liked this movie almost in spite of it, right? Like it was... Mm -hmm. Like from the get, you have that dinner scene. And I was like, right, like... Everything that everyone was saying at that table is like, oh, I'm going to hate this. This this uh -huh. feels like a movie that I am going to like. I don't like any of these people. Uh, and then slow. I mean, like Robin Wright is just a like a standout performance in this. Like you see, like the look on her face can go from joy to complete crushing despair in like a moment. And it was really, really mm -hmm. cool to see, especially like. Some of the sleepwalking sequences, which were jarring again, yes. where she just like yeah. Tyler Durden's her way. Like it was like, oh, now I'm here. It's like, <laughs> oh, sh all right. I guess we got to now keep up with this thing, too. Yeah, I did not particularly care for any of these characters other than her. I could start with like the things that I did like about this movie were uh, in the past. Right. Those those scenes that were shot in the past felt almost almost like a Wes Anderson movie, less symmetry, but like mm -hmm. the production design was mm -hmm. awesome. And I loved it. It's very much like the Virgin Suicides or Girl Interrupted and a Wes Anderson yeah. movie combined. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well done. Again, you, pr you prove that you should market films. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we would have heard of it if you were doing the marketing. There, there's something. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the transitions, how they got from one to the other, I thought were really cool, too. Like, there was the scene, I just remember, like, her sitting at the table with her mom. Like, she was like, I wish I had one more afternoon with my mom, right? Like, it was her grown up with mm -hmm. her mom. And then it just pans left past a curtain, and it's, like, into the house where they're having dinner uh, with, like, Alan Arkin and her. It was, like, a neat just mm -hmm. trick of the eye. They did that a couple times in the movie. I thought that was, like, pretty effective uh, rather than have, like, a cut. I like stuff like that. That's Mm -hmm. That's very specific to me, though. No, I thought that was a nice shot. I like that, too. Unless you're Pan's Labyrinth, and you do that pan cut 50,000 times in the length of one movie, and all yeah. I can see is the rotating camera pan cutting to the next thing. Right. Don't do that. <laughs> that was the only bad thing about Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> the only 
bad thing about Pan's Labyrinth was weirdly all the pans. <laughs> <laughs> Too much panning in Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, this plot, I I feel like I liked it just fine. It was like, uh, and it was very, some of it was very on the nose, like where she says like... It, it's a lot of selfish white people nonsense. Right, and I, yeah. I can only yes. tolerate so much of that. Like, I, like mm-hmm. I can, we have to tolerate that in life sometimes, like in general life. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to like escape to that also. They're all very, very privileged and like, not to say that any of their problems are not real problems, but also... Everyone is so self-absorbed and self-involved yeah. that they don't see what's going on with any other character, which it's hard to watch a movie when you don't like any of the characters because they're all kind of asshats. Yeah, and it is hard to really feel feel sympathy for them because they have money to solve a lot of... I mean, they have options in a way that other people <laughs> don't because of their money, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it is hard to really get invested in their, their troubles. But right. you, you were saying about Alan Arkin? Alan Arkin is a fantastic actor. Like everything he's in, he's yes. like he's a ten out of ten. And like in this, he is supposed to be like an asshole, like a philanderer, like an ass. And I'm like, he did it. Like, and I believe it. And I hated him. Like, I did. <laughs> I did not like his character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Ha- I don't have like a, a lot of like. I don't know why I ended up ultimately liking this movie. I think just because our like main character got something. That was like close, I guess as close as possible to like what you would call like a happy ending here, like not mm-hmm. stuck in like a loveless marriage, carrying the guilt of a really weird, just like uh, content warning situation. Like someone just like outright commits suicide in this movie, like out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? Uh, and how that fell on her shoulders. I'm not super sure. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. A lot of that I mean, felt. I, I, I did see that coming from the pasta dinner scene conversation where, you know, she talks about that her death was for nothing. I was like, oh, his ex-wife killed herself because of them. I did not know it was going to be in that form, though. Right. <laughs> I don't know was... how you still get together with the person after that. Like, Yeah. I'd be like, uh, no, this, oh boy, this is very <laughs> destructive. No, we should mm-hmm. not do that. Yeah. I do not want to be involved in any of this. Thank you. Of course, they went the other way with it. Exactly. Like, like, the exact that, opposite direction. To. Yeah. Yeah. That like now they had to or somebody would have died for no reason. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we can't make that be for nothing, I guess. Let's, I don't know. That felt like, as an impetus for a relationship, I'm like, oof. I don't know if there's a like a worse reason. It's like pretty low down on the list of reasons mm-hmm. why people should get together. Um, Yeah. Keanu was fine. Really loved the chest tat. Uh, someone on Twitter, uh, <laughs> I can't remember who it was just before the show. They said we should actually have a separate list of rankings of all of the various Keanu tattoos throughout the films and rank them as well. There are a lot of them. This might be up near the top. I mean, John Wick's up near the top. This for sure. Uh, So it's it's quite a tattoo. That's all I'll say about it. (laughs) Which I do have to say in the sex scene, I thought it would. Yeah, it would be very hard 
to have sex with somebody who has like a full Jesus on their torso. <laughs> right. I mean, and that the yeah. it would just be distracting. Yeah. Sure. yeah. If your eyes wander like three inches down, you're looking right at Jesus Christ. You're like literally <laughs> eye to eye with him. So he's just like, watching you the whole time, and right. that feels like it'd be a little off-putting. A little, little yeah. bit of a mood killer. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Jesus is always I mean, watching, apparently, but in this case, he would literally. <laughs> be watching well, but you can pretend he's not in other times you could <laughs> right. not out of sight out of mind yeah. in this movie. yeah you can metaphorically like put his picture face down on the bedside table you exactly. can't with the tattoo no it's it's there it's there. i also very very much hated the like robin wright's best friend is like alan arkin's best friend like they've been friends for since they met at that beach or whatever, yes. but he was like in love with her the whole time. I uh, hate. Yeah, it. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's not great. It's like such a. Uh, I, I mean, just like all the other stereotypes about like, it's very heteronormative, but it's also like playing into all of these stereotypes that I think are very like hurtful, and I think that that whole like. I've been in love with you while you've been married to your husband for 30 years or whatever is just not interesting for me to see. Right. That's yeah, not a... I, do, I mean, I don't know. I think some of these things are stereotypes because they have been cultural norms. And I think that's part of mm-hmm. what this movie was trying to talk about. Like when your job is being the wife. This movie was clearly mm-hmm. a lot about that. I mean, that's in the opening dinner scene. The best friend who's been in love with her forever gives a toast about how she's the perfect... Uh, you know, wife as occupation to a great man kind of thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what he always saw in her. And that's, you know, I did like the line of like, I don't want a butterfly lamb anymore. Mm-hmm. So you don't really want me. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm done with that whole thing. Um, but, but that all of her friends were just like the wives and stuff of her husband's friends, you know, and yeah. that being part of that being the wife as a profession role, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and as, uh, man, and as much as I like the actress, Zoe Kazan, 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 whatever her name, I, man, I did not like that. I did not like the, do- I didn't like the son. I, I actually, I mean, again, it goes into everything. I did not like. <laughs> I, I, well, her children were terrible. They were and also, awful. why were they in the movie? And also, why were they so shitty? And also, why did, Zoe Kazan hate Robin Wright. There's, it's impossible. First of all, you're right. It's impossible to hate. <laughs> I, th- I mean, like, I get it because they mention it. I, I think she mentions it. Robin Wright's character mentions when they go it, to her childhood home, right? And... In the they like it, it swings. It, the pendulum swings so far in the opposite direction. So she was too close to her mom. Now her daughter wants nothing to do with her. I, I, I get she didn't... it. Yeah, I definitely got the impression that because she didn't want to smother her daughter in the same way and make her daughter feel like her happiness and stuff was dependent on her, that she just felt like she wasn't there to her daughter. Like she was somebody in the background always doing stuff, but she wasn't a part of her life. And that's why that like closeness with her dad, you know. Totally. I mean, I get all of that, but like we don't need to to inject uh, an animosity in their relationship in this movie. Like, it doesn't do anything for anybody. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't help the plot in any way. She could have just been, like, away at school and then comes back when her dad, you know, has a heart attack. We don't need an extra layer of, uh, you know, weird 
family dynamics. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I think it, it but... was to emphasize the way that nobody was really on the inside for her. Like, nobody knew her, the whole Enigma thing. And I, I agree with you that it felt like it was kind of superfluous. It just but felt I think that's what it was for. to me. I, I, I know that's what it was for, but, like, it, I don't feel like it really served that purpose any more than anything else in the movie did. And it seemed, I don't know, it just seemed superfluous. It might have been for that payoff at the end when you're like, oh, she told her mom to go for it. They're besties mm-hmm. now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, more than that scene, I like the scene where she sees her smoking and she has a crisis about never really knowing right. her, who her mom was. Yes. I thought yeah. that, that was, was a good scene. And you that was you need actors of their quality to do that scene that well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that- this whole movie only works to the extent that it does because of the quality of the cast. There, mm-hmm. there are things like in that specific scene that Robin Wright does that are like so, so fucking funny. Like she just pulls mm-hmm. a plate that's like decorative off the wall and uses it as an <laughs> ashtray. And I died. I was, I was, that <laughs> killed me. I loved it. So good. The whole part from, from her husband having the heart attack and the like finding out about the affair, you just see her like tossing away all of her fucks. Yes. Just, mm-hmm. She does it so well. The way she just non-verbally yep. is like getting rid of all of her fucks. She's just like one at a time. <laughs> yes. Tossing these away. Mm-hmm. It's really, is, really good. Yeah. That is the reason to like sp- her performance specifically. But uh, again, everyone else does like a very, a very good job um, at making you not really care for them. But I, I just, <laughs> she was like magnetic. I was everything she did. She was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's always amazing. It's true. It's true. This uh, I don't. I got vibes from this movie. Have either of y'all seen uh, I Heart Huckabees? That David mm-hmm. O. Russell film. Yes, mm-hmm. I have, and I could definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, I liked I Heart Huckabees. Way, I, I like that way more. Like I, I don't know what that that movie hit me at a time <laughs> in my life. So it's one of those things. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it definitely for for people our age, it definitely came at a, a <laughs> yeah. formative moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, when you when you really want to get into existentialism as a young person, yes. <laughs> You're like, all right, all right. The blanket. But I also feel like everyone comes out on the other end of stuff with a better idea of who they are. And we mm-hmm. don't get that with the ending of this. I think that's the biggest difference is you everything's still up in the air when she's like, I'm going to go figure myself out with this guy 20 years younger than me. <laughs> and I I feel like... We don't, we see her getting to the point of now what am I going to do with my life? But we don't see any of the now what am I going to do with my life? We just see the preliminary stages, which I think is part of the reason why I heart Huckabees. I mean, it's funnier overall, but it's meant to be funnier. It's meant to be a comedy rather than this is sort of like occasionally comedy, but mostly drama. Yeah. But I feel like it's much more satisfying because you feel like people have grown And in this, you really just feel like she realizes she has to grow, but you don't see any of the growth. You just see the casting off, like Lindsay said, of all of her fucks. And she's like, now I'm free, I can figure out what I want, but we don't see any of the figuring out what she wants. We don't even see a little, like, snippet of conversation with her and Keanu (laughs) of saying, like, let's go away and I'll figure out who I am. Yeah. Yeah. That is a bummer. This, so, I... When I was on IMDb, I uh, had seen like the writing credit. It's the writer director uh, Rebecca Miller. She also wrote this. It was a book that she wrote. So I'm wondering if some yeah. of this stuff is like 
either better extrapolated yeah. or somehow like explained or there's like an epilogue in the book that we didn't get. I mean, I was figuring, yeah, I was figuring this was a book from the moment it opened with the narration. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is adapted from a book. But also I feel like a lot of the remnants of stuff that I don't necessarily think was necessary in the movie is like the author making a movie of their own book and unable to kill their darlings. Mm -hmm. Like, this author had probably, and I don't know because I haven't read the book, but probably had a lot more of that mother-daughter relationship with Pippa's daughter in the book. And so she felt like she had to bring it over into the movie when it really wasn't necessary at all. I feel like you need, like, a middleman to say, here's what you need in an adaptation and here's what you don't. I think yeah. it suffered a little bit from the book carrying too much over into the movie and just kind of muddling things up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think some of the weirder stuff, like the whole animated uh, relay race sequence <laughs> and even... I, that has to have something in the book. There has to be a reason sure. for it. You don't just bring in animators out of nowhere for no reason. yeah. And even, like, the we only get one sleepwalking dream, and it feels like probably in the book and stuff there was more of that. There's a lot of sleepwalking dreams, yeah. So, yeah, I do feel like there was some of that kind of stuff that was like, oh, it's in the book, so I have to put it in the movie somewhere um, when movies are just a different language and you don't have time for all the stuff that you have in a book. Yeah. This might be the same case as uh, Whitney. What was the one that we watched uh, with the motorcycles? Uh, where the two women who were in it were the writers and directors of it. Mm. Um, oh, what was that one called? <sighs> God, I can go back and look real quick here. Uh, da, 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 da. Me and Will. Me and Will, yep. So that was another one where probably that story, I mean, that story was really, really good. Female friendship, a lot of like, gr like getting over trauma and all that stuff, but they probably weren't the people to direct it and that might be the case here mm -hmm. where like great concept but you're maybe a little too close to it <laughs> since you wrote the book mm -hmm. yeah. and the screenplay maybe just give it to someone else I don't know I could understand both or at sides. least like Whitney was saying have somebody else take like an editing pass in it and stuff right you know get an opinion outside of your own head because it can be very hard when you spend a lot of time working on something to see where the problems are yeah you're like it's perfect don't don't criticize me. It's mine. Uh, all right. Do we have anything else we want to say about uh, Pippa Lee here? Nope. I, I don't think, think so. Time. Oh, I'm ready. This is very exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Move! Oh my goodness, Pop Quiz Asshole is our very own Quizzo show where our host asks each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. And if they get it wrong, the other person has a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answer. <laughs> <laughs> Which has happened. Which is a big assumption. <laughs> right, you'd be surprised how many times... It's harder than you think it is. ...points were left on the table because we couldn't remember... Thirty-seven forty-five or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, points are not cumulative, and they only determine who wins the episode. So it's kind of a fun thing. Anybody who jo who uh, joins in as a co-host has the opportunity to win the episode. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to turn it over to our master of ceremonies, 
Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hey, Charles. Hello, Charles. Hello, Charles. How are you doing on this fine, fine day? <laughs> Good. Uh, doing Good, I think. well. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I can't go outside, so I guess I'm doing fine. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, I hope you're prepared for some trivia. Absolutely. Let's just kick it right off, starting with Lindsay. All right. Bring it on. All right. The opening speech that Sam gives about Herb Lee. Sam states that he'd followed Herb through how many different publishing houses? Oh, God. Was it three, four, or five? I think it was three publishing houses. That is correct. Nailed it. Woo! Mm -hmm. Yes. We are off it to a like start. It was like five agents, but it was like three publishing houses. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. Moving on to Whitney. Mm-hmm. Asked by Herb early on in the movie, what was the cheese they had for lunch yesterday? <laughs> oh, God damn was it. it. Winamere, Vacheran, or White Stilton? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Winamere? That is incorrect. Steel. <laughs> Andrew, Steel. Andrew. Vat, Vachim, Vachimir, the second one. Vachimir is not one of the options, so that is incorrect. <laughs> God damn it! Steel. Lindsay. It's B. <laughs> you have to remember what B is. I can't pronounce it either, but it's, it's not the way. It's uh, Vinchimir? No, that's too... Yeah. <laughs> It's B. I don't know what to tell you, Charles. <laughs> it is B. Vacheran. Vacheran. I don't know. What are we? Fine. Vacheran. <laughs> God damn it. I didn't get it. I, uh, I didn't. I couldn't... specifically. Yeah, I don't think Lindsay gets that point. Oh, no. Uh, the but... points are not awarded. <laughs> I specifically remembered her saying it and me being like, what cheese? I've never and heard of it. Like, yeah. Because our mother, strange. our mother yes. has a cheese monging certification, and I have never heard of this cheese before. <laughs> oh no! Oh, wow. Right, I went with her to a cheese conference, and <laughs> I don't know the name of that cheese. Yeah, it was it was yeah. great. Uh, I highly great. recommend if you can go to a cheese conference, go to a cheese conference because yes, I've gone to one with her cheese. too in Santa Rosa. It's good times. <laughs> yeah. Does your but, mother listen to this show? No. No. Good. Good. <laughs> because anyway, there is an immediate bonus question. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoever buzzes in first will get to answer the question. Okay. What type of wood is Vacheran cheese aged in? <laughs> oh, jeez. Is that is a it? Oh, okay. A oak. B, spruce, or C, you. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Yes. Spruce? It's spruce! Unbelievable! I was like... There you go. <laughs> All right, there you go. See? All the cheese conference paid off. <laughs> Even though I still never heard of that cheese, but... <laughs> That's fine. You're like, spruce is a common 
thing to age cheese in. It's I've heard it used to age cheese, and I've never heard of you being a- used to age cheese. So I can't that imagine my whole that would be good. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Moving on, Andrew. Okay. When we see Keanu leave his party, and the scene switches to Suki mopping the kitchen floor, mm-hmm. we see two seconds of a movie on TV. God damn What it. movie is on TV? Is it A, Holiday Inn, B, The Great Escape, or C, The House on Haunted Hill? I'm just going to go with The Great Escape. That is incorrect. God damn it. Uh, Steel? Whitney? Whitney. I feel like I would remember, but I'm just going to say Holiday Inn. That is incorrect. Okay. Uh, Steel? Lindsay. (laughs) The House on Haunted Hill? That is correct. All right. Damn it. Shocked I didn't recognize that. I'm very familiar with the house on Haunted Hill. It was the, we're lucky she didn't fall in line. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Back up to the top of the order with Lindsay. When the dog, very sadly, gets hit by a car, what time is it according to Keanu's watch? (laughs) Is it? 9.45, or 11 o'clock? 11 o'clock. That is incorrect. Steel, Andrew Steel. Andrew. <laughs> 9.45. That is incorrect. Oh, okay. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> Steel, 10.15? I'm sorry, say that again. 10.15? It was 10.15! Son of okay. a bitch! There you go. <laughs> 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 uh, Thank goodness my subconscious was paying attention on that one. Because I was like, I could not tell you gun pointed to my head what the third time was. But I did. <laughs> Perfect. Moving on to Whitney. What branch of Christianity did Chris, our boy Keanu, try to join? Hence his tattoo. Was it A, Jesuit, B, Catholicism, or C, Baptist? I don't remember. I'm going to say just because of the full body Jesus tattoo, Catholicism. <laughs> that is incorrect. Yeah. Lindsay Steele. Lindsay. Jesuit. That is correct. Nailed it. Good lord. All right. Andrew. Pippa begins going to a class taught by Dot. What class is Dot teaching? Is it A, yoga, B, pottery, or C, painting? Thank you for sparing me this one, Charles. It's going to be pottery. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) She tells her to shove it up her ass. (laughs) For the final round of regulation questions. Oh, no. The score being four to one to one. (laughs) Yikes. That's about right. We gotta stop having Lindsay on. (laughs) I didn't. I lost last time. 
That's true. Lindsay, here's your question. When young Pippa meets Herb for breakfast for the first time, what word does she use to describe him? Paternal? Fraternal? Or avuncular? Avuncular. That is correct. <laughs> yep. It's a good word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it. I noted it. My brain was like, oh, you don't hear avuncular a lot. <laughs> Classic writer move. <laughs> Whitney. Mm-hmm. Pippa and Herb's bedroom has three decorative plates on the wall. Two of them are primarily white. What is the primary color of the third plate? Ooh. Is it A, blue, B, green, or C, yellow? Ooh, green? That is incorrect. Steel. Lindsay Steele. I heard Andrew first. <laughs> Please, God, be blue. It was blue! All right! Yeah! Oh, darn it! <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. All right. For the Clearly, Whitney was too busy taking notes and not paying enough attention to the TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Whitney knows what it's like to not lead in trivia. <laughs> oh, no! Burn! Not really, though, because she's won many, many episodes before. It so. was more of yeah. a compliment than it was a burn. <laughs> it's a burn to me. A compliburn? A compliburn. <laughs> right, ice burn. All right. Andrew, there is a fruit on Pippa and Herb's door. <gasps> what fruit is it? Is it A, a pineapple? B, a pear? Or C, an apple. It's a pineapple. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, stupid <laughs> detail that I was like, that's a weird looking door. I thought it was a knocker, but yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure if it was a knocker or not. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. But I can tell you what it was. Was ugly. <laughs> I can tell you that pineapples represent prosperity. Yeah. Home decor. It's ah, an so architectural thing. They're a symbol of wealth because uh, they used to be incredibly expensive and hard to come by. In fact, in Victorian times, you could rent a pineapple just to be a centerpiece for the equivalent of $2,000 in today's money. See? This is why we have Lindsay on. <laughs> Weird historical facts I'm right there. Although Whitney has a lot of those, too. I know. That's why you're both I, here. I believe I, I brought up the pineapple fact first. You did? <laughs> It's just an extrapolation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> Other than sibling rivalry? <laughs> <laughs> she got Charles with that one. <laughs> we have two bonus questions on top of the one that was already asked. All right. So this is, as usual, buzz-in style. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Question number one. What beer is advertised in neon in the window of the convenience store where our boy Keanu works? Oh no. Me? Whitney? Whitney. <laughs> wow. Schlitz? 
it was not Schlitz. <laughs> that was a hell of a guess, though. Jeez, all right. It was a bold move to guess before the choices. <laughs> Just because our grandpa used to work for Schlitz. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, uh, yeah. He's got choices. Wait, don't, don't pull a Whitney. Just wait. Your choices are A. Miller Light, B. Heineken, or C. Bud Light. Ding, ding, ding. Lindsay. Miller Light? That is incorrect. Duh. Uh, Jesus. Uh, I, I, Miller Light? That's what that I just said. No, Bud Light. Bud Light. Bud Light. Damn literally. Bud Light. Sorry. I was thinking about what she didn't say, and I said what she didn't say. Bud Light. That's what I was going to go with. That is unfortunate, because your guess was Miller Light. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> God damn it, I had it, and I messed myself up. All right, that's fine. The final question of Pop Quiz Asshole. Winona Ryder does not interact with our boy Keanu in this movie at all. Even though she was in both A Scanner Darkly and Bram Stoker's Dracula with him before. However, another co-star of this movie was with her in Edward Scissorhands. Which actor Me. or actress was it, Whitney? Alan Arkin. That is correct. Woo! Nicely done. That's right. He was the yeah. dad, wasn't he? Yeah. No, he I was. thought that too. But Whitney was much more ruthless and aggressive with getting in there with the buzz, which hey. is very important. Sometimes so. she doesn't wait for the answers, and sometimes it yeah. works. She's demonstrated I got a lot of it working. With some points on the board. <laughs> How am I going to maintain my reputation? <laughs> Who even am I if I don't have any points? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, this was a fantastic round of Pop Quiz Asshole. It's great yes, it questions. Was. Well, thank you. <laughs> Our total final score is Whitney with two points, Andrew with three points, and Lindsay with five. Whoa! <laughs> it's craziness. I still don't have I'm any fanfare. <laughs> but well done. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very well done, Lindsay. Steals. Jeez Louise. All right. <laughs> well. Charles, as always, it has been an absolute pleasure playing Thank this game with you. Thank you so much for having me. This is always so much fun. <laughs> and now you will do 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 what? I'm going into my quarantine box for 14 days. <laughs> it's not. Is it 14 well, more or just you're, we're, you start 14 now? 14 additional days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just because. Unless I am needed for trivia for this show. Okay. <laughs> then I will emerge and go back into my quarantine box for another 14 oh, days. I have, some, <laughs> I have some bad news for you, Charles. <laughs> this show is going for a little bit longer, so. Okay. Well, it's good to Sounds know. Better like safe than sorry. quarantine in perpetuity for me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> stay virus-free, Charles. Yeah, I will indeed. All of you do the same. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's the interstellar favorite. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, Whitney. You mentioned taking your notes. Are you ready to to walk us through this thing? Let's do it. Let's get through uh, it. It's a lot of back and forth, so I tried to 
make it clear when there's a flash forward or a flash backward, but if I ever get it confused, just interrupt me and let me know. All right. So, as the film opens, uh, Robin, right? and Alan Arkin have just moved into a condo in a Connecticut retirement community where Herb, that's Alan Arkin, hopes to avoid apparently a third heart attack uh, via retreat from the stress of Manhattan. So he is retired and they're moved away from Manhattan and even though she's too young to be in a retirement community, she has gone there with him so that he doesn't croak. For him, though, the new environment is yet another daily reminder that his end is near. And uh, we start out with a a very dry dinner conversation. Pippa is a (laughs) middle-aged woman. Uh, Herb is an established publisher, 30 years older than her. She speaks softly and eloquently, and she dresses properly. And within the very first few minutes of the movie, you get the impression that she is definitely, like, a stereotypical well-to-do housewife. But Robin Wright does a very good job of playing, like, a sadness in the eyes as she sits around the dinner table and everyone's talking. All of her close friends are talking to each other and to Herb, very little to her. Um, No one's focused on her. And so we flashback to find out that Pippa, now played by Blake Lively, uh, well, actually, she's played by a younger actress first, and then Blake mm-hmm. Lively, but we, we flash back to the past and find out that she was the youngest child and the only girl in a large Christian family. Her mother, Suki, played by Maria Bello, who I'm obsessed with, yeah. was she's a <laughs> neurotic mother with an obsessive fixation on her daughter's looks because her daughter was born covered in hair like a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) That was off-putting to me. Which, did you know that fetuses all grow that coat of hair, but most of them eat it before they're born? Yeah. Yeah. Yum. I did know that. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, to emphasize how insane pregnancy is. It's wild. If you needed more, if you like needed another reason, <laughs> yeah, just eating picture hair. fetus eating its own body hair. It's just surprisingly metal, which I don't think most people realize. <laughs> pregnancy. pregnancy is very metal. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Pregnancy is very metal, and I just don't think we think mm-hmm. about it like that culturally, and we should. Mm-hmm. By her teen years. Pippa discovers that her mother takes amphetamines to self-medicate vast mood swings. Then we flash forward to the present and we see, thanks to security cameras, that she's eating like an animal and leaving messes that she doesn't remember at night. Mm. And she's also lying about reasons to go out and sneak cigarettes during the day. Through her marriage, she's sort of become the perfect wife, loving and supportive, and everything to everyone and no one to herself. Um, And now in this new environment of a retirement community where everything is taken care of, her only responsibility is to maybe get involved with a charity and then cook and take care of her husband, which requires checking his blood pressure like four times a day due to the multiple heart attacks. Uh, So even though he's... 30 years older than her and has had multiple heart attacks, he's by no means an invalid and even he himself is bored. So, like, she's bored, he's bored, 
he feels like uh, she's hovering over him with like the following the doctor's directions of taking his blood pressure multiple times a day and whatnot. So no one's happy. And then we flash back to the past again. After a confrontation with her mother, she takes all of her mom's drugs so that A, her mom can't take anymore, and B, they can be high together. They have a confrontation. She ends up moving out to her live with her aunt and her aunt's roommate, who is they're in a lesbian relationship. Mm -hmm. She doesn't necessarily know this until she gets there, but it's very clear as soon as you get there. Uh, we flash forward to the present again, and Pippa's friend, Winona Ryder, her marriage to an, she also is married to an older husband, and not as old as Alan Arkin is, but older. Mm. Um, but her marriage is falling apart, and Pippa goes around the cafe and points at, Winona points at all the men, and, and Robin Wright says exactly what each man needs to be happy in a relationship. <laughs> It was fun. And then she talks about sticking a finger in his ass, and Winona Ryder is like, I can't believe those words just came out of your mouth. And then she wonders privately, Robin Wright wonders if she's having a very quiet, nervous breakdown. Yeah. Then we find out that she's not just, like, sleep eating and making a mess in the home. She's also sleepwalking and sleep driving. And she ends up at the gas station that Keanu works at. Now, we've seen Keanu briefly... The neighbor in the retirement home, that's the son of the neighbor in the retirement home. So there's a woman yeah. who lives next door. Her son is Keanu Reeves. So we met him briefly, but this is kind of the first time we really see him separately. And that's at the convenience store. She walks in, in a dream state. She's looking for a, a lion. Is that what it was? She's following a leash and then she picks up poop in a bag, but it's actually a potato. <laughs> a potato. Yeah. It's yeah. very it hard to say exactly what's going on. At the end of the leash, it was a lion. Yeah, I thought so. But anyway, I, I got way too focused on the picking up poop in a bag <laughs> thing because they didn't have any animals. And I'm like, why would you be dreaming this in a dream? Uh, and it distracted me from the point that it was a lion whose poop she was picking up. Which is clearly symbolic of her husband. Mm -hmm. Whatever. She asks, in a dream state, she asks Keanu for cigarettes and then he wakes her up and she freaks out because she's standing in a convenience store. In her nightgown with a potato. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he drives lot. her home and we find out that Keanu can't lie. Which is also neither here nor there. But he can't lie. Uh, we flash back to the past and the aunt discovers Pippa participating in erotic photo sessions with the lesbian partner. And friends. Mm -hmm. um, so Pip is banished. And we flash forward. And kind of a lot of nothing happens. Just conversations about how everyone's unhappy. Except she spends some more time with Keanu. And is clearly like feeling something about him. We flash back to the past again. And... She, after being banished from her aunt's house, she goes on to live a, a sort of bohemian lifestyle with an avant-garde circle of friends and the, you know, club scene. And her life is just like cigarettes and art shows and drugs and forgetting which boy is her boyfriend. Yep. 
then we go to their, they decide to get away from New York and they go to, on a weekend jaunt to a beach. And there she meets a charismatic publisher named Herb Lee, who's 30 years older than her. And they get along and they talk and she's fascinated with everything that he has to say. We flash forward again. And definitely now Pippa is attracted to Chris, Keanu Reeves. And we find out that Chris got divorced. Well, that he was a Jesuit and has a giant Jesus tattoo on his shirt. But we saw that, knew that the first time we saw him. But <laughs> he married a very religious woman. The marriage did not end well. He moved back in with his parents. And he admits that his life is a mess. And she senses in some way that they are soulmates or something. She immediately is like, we have this connection with Keanu. We flash backward to the past again. And she slept for a week after the party and then missed Alan Arkin's voice. So she asked him out for breakfast. Uh, and she's falling in love with Alan Arkin because he's nice to her and has a lot of money. And he thinks things about her that no one has ever thought about her before, like she's smart and nice. We flash forward and Pippa gets kicked out of a pottery class for insubordination. We flash back to the past again and... <laughs> I just, insubordination, uh, there's a great, I uh, just like there was a command hierarchy of the pottery class, right. which she violated. So. Well, I, like I mean, I suggests. think the pottery class, it looks like the pottery class is in the senior center, and this is part of her feeling way too young to be in a, like, retirement home, is mm -hmm. she's not interested in doing things at the speed of everyone else, which is why I said insubordination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, I liked it. I'm just... <laughs> We flash back to the past again, and Alan Arkin is sleeping with Blake Lively, young Pippa. Um, they're spending all of their time together, but he's married. And he says to Pippa that she's his real wife in spirit or some bullshit like that. I <laughs> yeah. made my skin crawl. Mm. But then, Blake Lively somehow goes over to their house for dinner. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, regardless of, of the wife. Don't invite your mistress over for dinner uh, with your best friend and your wife. Anyway, Gigi is the wife. Gigi confronts Elenarca at the table over dinner about cheating on her, and Blake Lively is there. And then she pulls out a gun and starts waving it around. And she's waving it all around at everybody. And then she focuses in, she sort of hones in on Blake Lively and Alan Arkin dives for it. And then we cut and hear a shot. We find out that she actually shot herself in the head before Alan Arkin could get the gun away. Then they marry. <laughs> like we <laughs> right. said, not the best next step when... Uh, Wife gets out of a marriage by shooting herself at the dining room table. She's like, I have to devote myself to him entirely. So we see sort of a montage of her learning how to be a good housewife through repetition, but she didn't even really believe the role that she was playing herself until they had kids. And then when she became a mom, she really like bought into her own image of being a good housewife and being devoted to her husband. We flash forward to present day. And Pippa comes in to her husband's office to say, I just got kicked out of a pottery class and there's a towel on the couch and a heel on the floor. And she opens the bathroom door and it's Winona Ryder. 
ostensibly her friend. Yeah. He confesses that he's having an affair with Winona Ryder, and then he blames Pippa for prematurely making him feel like he's a sick and dying old man. And she's like, well, you are an old man, and you've had three heart attacks. <laughs> right. Sorry for caring. Like, I'm not in the grave yet. I just want to feel alive, so I'm sleeping with someone younger than you. While they're arguing in his office, Winona Ryder is in the bathroom trying to cut her own wrists with a disposable razor. Then, Pippa feels free and unburdened walking out of the office and away from Winona and whatnot. And that's when the inexplicable animated sequence of Pippa running, winning a race with like an announcer and whatever comes in while she's driving. It's a relay race and she passes the baton of guilt off to Winona's yes. character instead of carrying it anymore from his other wife killing himself, killing herself. And she sneaks in through Keanu's bedroom window, because again, remember, he lives with his mom. And I, ostensibly his dad. I definitely think the word parents was said, but I only we ever remember We see his dad the in the party scene right after he gets okay. there. Okay. Okay. I only it, ever remember the, the mom because the mom's the only, the only one who says or does anything. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he lives with his parents. She climbs in through his bedroom window with friendlies, like a soda and french fries <laughs> and something else in a bag. And she's eating fast food and sits down on his bed and he's like, what's up? And she's like, my husband had an affair and it's official. No one needs me anymore. To which Keanu responds with kissing her. Which is also questionable next mm. step. Mm -hmm. But then they start making out. But the woman, who is Keanu's mom and Pippa's neighbor, walks in on them making out. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy's, what, 35? You're 50? <laughs> There's so many... You're married. There's so many ways in which this is inappropriate and you've disappointed me. Which is a weird way to behave when you walk in on your neighbor making out with your son. <laughs> but then Pippa is arguing with Herb and she says... Let's fast forward through the divorce. I don't want to talk about this anymore. This we is all the know beginning. Where this, is going. this is the beginning of the no fucks given, like like Lindsay said, where yes. it's like she's like, this, "I'm so bored of this already." It's it's yeah. Her the switch was re it was really cool to see in the character. Mm -hmm. So she says, "Let's fast forward through this. I don't want to dilly dally around. I'm tired." She can't find her car keys. She's going to take off, but she can't find her car keys. I think she hid them because of the sleep driving. But she goes back into the house and she's searching and she like looks in a pot and she's whatever. And then she turns around and finds Herb, who's had a heart attack, lying in the middle of the floor. They go to the hospital and he's brain dead and he's on life support. Again, she's we still see her breaking with her life of subservience and casting off her fucks. And uh, she has a conversation with her daughter where it's sort of confrontational but also comforting uh, about the relationship that they've had and about her dad dying and et cetera, et cetera. And then she's in the back of a van or Keanu's like camper truck. And she lets Keanu pray for her brain dead husband and then finger her in the back of said truck. And then they unplug Alan Arkin. We cut to unplugging Alan Arkin after the fingering. And... Pippa breaks the fourth wall and talks directly to the camera. Uh, and then she sleep drives to the convenience store 
but wakes up before she gets to the convenience store and she walks in awake to see Keanu. And um, then she's talking to her kids and she's like, get rid of all of my furniture, take whatever you want, call me when you have a date for the funeral. And they're like, aren't you going to do that? And she's like, uh, no, he was sleeping with Winona Ryder. I don't have to take care of the funeral. <laughs> I'm going away. And they're like, what? And she says that she's not driving off into the sunset, even though that's exa exactly what she does, is drive off into the sunset with Keanu. <laughs> um, but her daughter's kind of like, yeah, mom, get that younger man and go on a vacation. And then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> and she does. She does that thing. Mm-hmm. Did I cover everything? Did I leave anything out? No, that feels that feels pretty yeah, accurate about for the most part. What happened? Get, yeah. At first, I was going to try and do it chronologically, and I was like, "Hell no, that <laughs> right. is not going to happen." There's too much back and forth, and there's literally just scenes of quiet desperation sometimes in the like present, and then we go back to the past mm -hmm. again, and it was just like, I don't know, nothing really happened there, but she talked with Keanu and found out he's a fuck up and now she's really into him and I, whatever <laughs> i didn't think it was i mean i think him being a fuck up she found relatable but i think it was the fact that he couldn't lie um i think that's why they mentioned well, that she at found all that very it's just in a yeah. life in a life constructed of pretense this is a guy <laughs> who can't lie and i think that was the basis of the whole thing so uh yeah so that was the private lives of pippa lee all of them. Mm -hmm. All of the lives. Except the one that mm -hmm. we really wanted the most closure on, which I guess, read the book yeah. if, you're, if you want that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I do think a life built on pretense was like the, one of the main themes she was going for, especially because the whole lunch where the other wife kills herself, she's serving them whole animals so that mm -hmm. they yeah. can't ignore what they're eating because there's too much pretense in the room. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so we're on a... Uh, we have something of a dry spell here. We none of us uh, said Street Kings was worth watching. None of us said the day the Earth stood still was, or at least no one was a proponent of the day the Earth stood still. Mostly a meh situation. <laughs> yeah. Are we recommending the Private Lives of Pippa Lee? I don't know. I thought about that a lot because I definitely ended up feeling more positive than negative about this movie, even though I'm still somewhat middling because I feel like there were things that weren't satisfying or or mm -hmm. were jarring i definitely uh, i think that the critic score of 60 percent is pretty close to how i feel about it i definitely think i'm in 60 yeah. percent. i don't know if 60 percent is enough for a recommendation like i don't think i'm gonna stop anybody on the street and be like you gotta watch the lives <laughs> private lives of Pippa Lee. um but i wouldn't say don't watch it it's certainly not um what was that movie ellie parker <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what is Ellie Parker, really? What was Ellie Parker? I still don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I mean, I am, just to to skip around a little bit, I'm putting it at number uh, 16 on my list, mm. between Chain Reaction and A Scanner Darkly. Interesting. Okay. So, so it's, yeah. that's pretty high up. So I feel like maybe I should say yes, because I landed at like 60% in favor of liking it and also put it in the top 20. But I also don't think I'm going to go out of my way to recommend it. But I definitely would say if you're interested, watch it. I didn't lose anything by watching it, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Lindsay, are you, uh, you feeling like a recommend? I mean, similarly, I would recommend this in specific circumstances. Like, I wouldn't just blanket recommend this. I wouldn't go up to people and be like, this is a movie you should watch. But if we were having a conversation about something that related to it, or if we were having a conversation about, like, acting in some way or something, I might recommend this movie. So there are circumstances, like, times and places in which I would recommend it, because I do think the acting in this movie is stellar across the board, and in particular, Robin Wright's performance, and she's always worth watching. Mm. Um, so if, if there was a relevant reason that somebody might be interested in this movie, I would recommend it. But I would not blanket recommend it. I, like, mm-hmm. I, I think 60 is good, is fair. Like, on a five-star scale, I would give this a three. It's, it's on the positive side of the middle, but it's not, you know, way up there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, your, uh, your thoughts, your and Whitney's thoughts, Mira, are my own. Uh, as, a, as a piece for actors, certain actors to, you know, really shine, definitely watch it. If you were like, I want, like, a good drama to watch probably no no that's not Mm -hmm. what i would recommend it for uh yeah so it's going to be ultimately a recommend from me and this that rests solely on robin wright (laughs) so yes watch everything she does She's so amazing and she does so much non-verbal acting in this movie that's really incredible like yeah mm -hmm. All right. So Whitney put this at what? What, you, what did you say? You put it sixteen. 16. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, above the scanner, darkly, but below chain reaction. I'm gonna probably be a little bit more middling with mine and pop it in at twenty-one, which is below the gift and above my own private Idaho, which is weird mm-hmm. now that I say it, but. <laughs> It feels, you know, my whole list has been weird. After 10, I don't know what's going on. So You got to go with your gut, you know? <laughs> so that'll be me. Uh, Lindsay? My smaller list of six movies? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would put it at five. I would bump the the day the year stood still. Down. And Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Good to know. Good to know. All right. That has been logged as such. Next week. Oh boy. We have another one. It, this one's called Henry's Crime. Never heard of it. Have we heard of this? <laughs> I've never heard of any of these movies in this chunk of time of his yeah. career. It's amazing to me how much I, I've never heard of these movies. I kind of look at it and I'm like, what was I doing that was so interesting? <laughs> what was happening in life? That, yeah. <laughs> because there's like three years of cinema that I have not heard of a single one of these. Yeah. Nothing up until Man of Tai Chi. And I haven't seen Man of Tai Chi. I just know about Man of Tai Chi. Correct. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. The Man of Tai Chi uh, and 47 Ronin are films that I have certainly heard of. But again, I've mm-hmm. never seen either of those. So I have no idea. And then. Yeah, same. And then the Keanu Sans happens at around 2014. <laughs> and then, you know. <laughs> which we're coming up on is very exciting. But, you know, mm-hmm. let's temper that because we got to get through these next four or so before we... And, and you don't know, they could be wonderful. They could be. I I mean, I tr- I go in hoping for the bad. I don't want them to be bad. Right. I mean, that's that's a good mm-hmm. side about a movie you know nothing about, is that it could be like your new favorite film. Could be amazing. Yeah. If it cracks, I mean, some of these are going to... I hope a few of these crack the top ten. Like, I would love to have something that was not like a your traditional... Keanu list, although I feel like it's pretty cut and dry what it's going to be. But hey, I could 
Generation <laughs> Um or Henry's Crime might be my number one. I have no idea. I have no idea. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't know who will be mm-hmm. uh, sitting in on that one, but we'll we'll figure it out. Play it by ear. We got to get Evan back in here one of these days. That guy packed up his microphone for moving his <laughs> dumb house. No, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> He'll bring it out of retirement. Moving re- house is a lot. Yeah. yeah. We'll bring him out of retirement, I swear. <laughs> for one last job. <laughs> it's always one last job. Just when you think you're out. All right. Uh, so as always, we'll be back next week. But until then, Whitney, where are you on the internet? I am at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N on Twitter. And through that, you can find all my other podcasts. Lindsay, why don't you tell them about historical hotties? I like when she's uh, on and I can just pass the buck to her. That's, I wanted so to give you the opportunity. Hotties. Yeah. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Historical hotties is a show where we thirst after dead people. We talk about <laughs> different categories of historical figure. Uh, you know, anything from like ballerinas to civil engineers and we uh, rate their mental attractiveness, physical attractiveness, social impact, and je ne sais quoi. And coming up next week, we have equestrians. So it's a mm-hmm. good time. We, we did brewers for St. Patty's Day. We initially did equestrians because it was going to kick off into derby season, but then everything was canceled forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So now well. it's just horses. <laughs> And oh, um, we still like horses, you know. Yeah, and then I think after that we're gonna do sculptors. Yep. Fun. All right. See, I learn things. It's uh, it's fun, <laughs> and you learn stuff, which I don't know. I mean, we, that's the whole idea. Yeah, you yeah, don't you don't learn goal. anything here, <laughs> at least from me. But hey, that's why I have both of you. I think your opinions are more nuanced than you give them credit for. But oh, you thank know. you, thank you. Uh, anything else you want to plug, Lindsay, for where people could find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Lindsay Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N, or on Instagram at Lindsay Cameron Nelson. Uh, and it is lots of podcast stuff and 70% gelato. So if you want to check out gelato, uh, this month's theme is Willy Wonka. Next month's theme is going to be Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and then I'm going to be on Myth Takes, which is a real play RPG, and I've I've been on it before, but my character is back in for the new arc, um, and it should be fun. So my character is a demon who was created to be part of the apocalypse, but does not want the world to end. All right. Okay. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> check it out. Check it out. You can follow me at Dark Driving on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Those are the best places where I try to post uh, the most. And uh, if you uh, are watching live and you feel like it, Right after this, I'm probably going to hop on Twitch and start streaming some stuff so I don't lose my goddamn mind. Uh, Resident <laughs> Evil 3 demo came out, so I'm very interested in seeing how that, uh, how that goes. So if you want to see me scared and screaming, that might be a fun thing to join me on. That's twitch.tv slash darkdriving also. And that brings us to the very end of our show. So thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes.